Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. This message is actually hot off the press. I've not been able to transfer it from my computer to some normal notes. But I do believe it's a message for me, it's a message for you, and it's a message from God. So how about we just pray? Thank you, Lord. Just a simple prayer, Lord. You're here. Because you've said where two or more are gathered in your name, you're present. This comes from your word. We accept it. And we look forward to what you're going to say to me and your people. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> you know, sometimes... Um, when you've been looking at the Word of God for a long time, you come across passages that, you know, 40 years ago meant one thing, and then 40 years later it means something else. So for the next few minutes, we're just going to look at a passage where God is just simply saying, I want to speak to my people. I know the condition that they're in. I know the condition of the world, but I want to speak to my people. In the book of Thessalonians, around chapter 5, verse 23, God is saying that he wants to separate his people, body, soul, sorry, spirit, soul, and body. Now, what does he mean by that? What does he mean? What does it mean to be a human being in the times we're living in? What is a human being? Well, I believe God has given us an idea. We're made up of a spirit. We're made up of a soul, the ability to think, to make decisions, to feel. And we're made up of a, of a spirit because God is spirit. So what does it mean to be a human being in 2023. And God's saying he wants to separate us, spirit, soul, and body. What does that mean? So about, I think it's probably 40 years ago, there was a, he was a futurist. Now, I don't know whether he was a Christian or not, but his name was Alvin Toffler. And what he said in about, 40 to 50, 60 years, that was that way back in 1980, he said what would happen is that we would be induced to so much change in such a short time, it would present future shock. That people would be in such a state, they don't know whether they're going or coming. And then there's sociologists. I don't know whether they're Christians or not. But these people are supposed to analyze society and try to work out what's to come. 
And so some guys by the name of Ford and Baum said that with the move from the industrial phase to, the, to technology, there would be a, 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 a season of chaos and confusion. Now, I don't have to tell you that's where we are now. If you look around in the community, and Allison praying for the word this morning, for the world this morning, our country, it is in chaos. And the world is in crisis. You don't have to look too far from our community and then look at the world and look at what's happening in Israel to understand what people are doing to babies so much moving that when a, 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 one of the news reporters tries to report what's going on, they get choked up. Because when people get to a state where they're going to just shoot babies, that's evil. So how do people get to that state? How do Christians get to a place where their mindset can be such so much out of line with God that they want to leave this planet? How does that happen? Now, we have to deal with that. God has given us the capacity as human beings, as his people, to cope with all the stuff that we have to deal with. Because he said, I want to separate spirit, soul, and body. Well, let's try to see what that means. Here I am. <laughs> Still wants my pen, okay. So what I like to do is try to explain what, what, is the, what does it mean to be a human being? Okay. Slide four. So to the best of my ability, body, soul, and spirit. Well, first, let's look at the spirit. The spirit is made up of a place deep in our bellies, our guts, where God wants to reside. It says that, oh boy. It says that in Romans chapter 9, verse 1, Paul testifies my conscience bearing witness with me in the Holy Spirit. My conscience bears witness with me in the Holy Spirit. In this passage, it also compared with Romans 9.16 that the Spirit himself witnesses with our spirit. It becomes apparent that the Spirit lives somewhere in there. So we have a we, in our spirit, God wants to fill that fellowship. He wants to have fellowship with us. But we know that the way the world is, there's so much distracting everyone so that we don't hear that. God is knocking on that door. John chapter 4, verse 34. 
God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, mentions praying in every time in the spirit. It's another form of fellowship with God. Based on these verses, we can conclude fellowship is a component of the human spirit. So there are many more verses that testify that there is a spirit inside of us, the human spirit, and God wants to join with that spirit. And in that place where God, uh, where God met, when he made us as human beings, there's a conscience. And the conscience lets us know when we're kind of going off track, whether we're Christians or not. Sometimes when I'm doing taxes or writing up the taxes, now put something there, something, my conscience says, is that right? Oh, no, it's not right. Put, erase it. You can't claim it. That's my conscience. And then intuition. It's something you can't explain. It's a gut feeling. So God wants to separate us, spirit, soul, and body. So there's a place deep in our gut, someplace that says, God is knocking on that door. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. And if I do something that's not okay with the way God created me, there's my conscience will kick in. And then if I'm in my car and I'm just about to drive out in front of a, in an intersection and something says, wait, don't go just yet, I wait at the traffic lights and don't go and then someone runs a red light. That's intuition. I don't know how to explain it. It's gut feelings. Man explains it as early warning signs. So these are people who are not Christians. The best way to explain that is people have early warning signs that before something happens, there's something inside that, oh, something is just not right. Now, where does that come from? Intuition. Where does it come from? It comes from God. It comes from God. And then he wants to separate us, body, soul, and spirit. And when he separates us, body, soul, and spirit, we begin to understand what we carry. So what do we carry? In John chapter 14, verse 15 and 17, it says this. And this is Jesus speaking to the disciples just before he left. So it's like, here's Jesus, they're the disciples. And this is what he was saying. If you obey me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another ad advocate. Some versions say helper, counselor, comforter. I'll give that to you. Who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. He leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, can you imagine Jesus talking to the disciples and say, later I'm going to be in you? They would not have understood. 
But we understand that today because where is he? He's in here. He's in here. He is in here. He is with us. Now, the best way that man can explain it is that we have a guy named Freud. Now, this is the best we can do without God. Now, don't get too excited about this because some people get very excited about this. It's, oh, my goodness, look at all this science. Look at all this technology. And so Freud, what he says is that we are made up of the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, and the subconscious mind. And in the conscious mind, we don't know what's going on in the subconscious and the unconscious mind. You don't know what's going on, I don't know what's going on. And so we look at things like the power of the conscious mind. Now this is coming from, I don't think Freud was a Christian, but he was very clever, like a lot of scientists are very clever. Sometimes I'm reading this stuff and I think, I can't get it. And then it don't feel so bad because another scientist will start to disagree with this scientist. They can't get on the But the Bible, written over hundreds and hundreds of years by different people, same page. Because it comes from the Holy Spirit. So what is a human being? So as you think about your conscience, the fellowship, and how you're made up, Freud is saying that the conscious mind and the unconscious mind and the subconscious mind can be rewired. Then there's this term called neuroplasticity. Wow, and they've just found out about this. This has just happened. Neuroplasticity. And what is neuroplasticity? Neuroplasticity means that the brain can actually heal itself. That you can actually cause the neural pathways in the brain to change and heal itself. That's neuroplasticity. And they just found out that, about that in the last 15 or 20 years. So when I look at that, I'm thinking, wow, well, wait a minute here. Let, let, let's go to the word of God that was written thousands, hundreds and thousands of years ago. What, what, what about this? Well, God says in Romans chapter 12, he says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we've just come up in the last few, few hundred years that the mind can change. They've just discovered that. And that's the most up-to-date science in the world. You change your mind by trying to manipulate it to be in the best possible place to make the best possible decisions about one's life, and all we can do is end up in a predictable mind state. That's all we got, a predictable mind state. So neuro neuroplasticity says the conscious mind can override the subconscious mind, which will override the unconscious mind. That's the best we got. That's what the science says. But God said that a long time ago. If we renew our minds, 
Don't be conformed. Just renew the mind. When we read God's word, it renews the mind. It sorts out the neural pathways. And then it says, if we can renew our mind and align it with God, spirit, soul, and body, it will help our mortal body. In other words, when the spirit of God, when our spirits and our souls are aligned with God, it benefits the physical body. Did you know that? I just kind of figured that out a few years ago, by the way. No, actually, it was a few, probably the last decade. Looking at that, wow, if I take care, if I align my spirit and my soul with the Lord, it's going to benefit my mortal body. That's enough in itself. That's enough in itself. So being a human being in a world as such as we have now, how do we cope and what is actually happening to God's people? Let alone what's happening to people that are not in God. So when he says he wants to separate the soul, well, what is the soul? Let's look at the soul. I've given up on the notes because it dies and gives it to me. So let's look. And how does a Christian end up in a place that they want to leave this planet because things are too much? You see, when our soul is aligned with God, it becomes a stronghold a place of refuge. And as Alan, Allison preached last week, it becomes a place of rest. It becomes a sanctuary. It says in Psalms 9, oh, that's good. That's a backup. I can actually preach from that. <laughs> Great, guys. We can work together here. What is a stronghold? Psalm chapter 9, verse 9. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. A stronghold in times of trouble. I can tell you now, if Sue and I, over the last 18 months, didn't find that as a refuge, I'd probably be in a mental institution. I don't know where Sue would be. She'd probably be somewhere <laughs> buried. I don't know. But you see, <clears throat> when you're going through the fire, God is doing something. He is doing something. And right now, in your life, in my life, when we're in the fire, God is doing something. In fact, in the book of, in fact, in the book of James, it says, when you encounter trials and tribulations, count it all joy because you will lack nothing. In other words, we begin to see things in perspective. When you're down and nothing is working, and nothing is working in this world, this world will never be back in a good place until the Lord returns. But right now, it is in crisis. And as long as our souls are not aligned with God, being a Christian, we can end up with an unpredictable mind state, means that it's risky, means that our thoughts are out there and we're vulnerable to what the enemy is saying. We're vulnerable to what the enemy is saying. So what is God saying to his people? Find refuge. 
with him. Align the body, the spirit, the soul, and the physical body. Align that with God because it's a place of refuge. It is a place where we find rest when there's fire outside. But there's also someone else in our lives that is attempting a stronghold in your life, in my life, particularly in the times when there's fire, when things are going really tough. You know, Jesus showed us how to deal with the enemy. Remember, he was led into the desert. He didn't go there on his own. He was led there. And remember, when the people were leaving uh, Egypt, going to the promised land, they were led through the desert. The deserts are difficult places. When Jesus was confronted by the enemy, when he was led into the desert, he showed us the only way to survive the fire was through the word of God. Aligning ourselves with the word of God. Aligning spirit, soul, and body with the alignment with God. So when we're going from one place to the other, one place to the other, we have to go through stuff. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. And so when the enemy is out there and he is trying to find a stronghold in your life and my life to get us to a position as a Christian where, okay, it's too much, I just want to die. It means that he slipped in, established a stronghold, and can, he will, then we become vulnerable. We become vulnerable. Just bring up the red slide. So what does it mean to be vulnerable? I put this in red. It means when the soul is not aligned with God. See, the soul is here, it's in there, aligned with God at the moment. Thank you, Lord. But if I allow my mind, my emotions, and the ability to make decisions to go over here, outside of God, then I am vulnerable. It means I am unpredictable. And I know what that feels like when I am not aligned with God. I know what it feels like to not have God and to be vulnerable, to be in a place where I hear that voice telling me to do stuff. I had just come out of Vietnam and I was driving from Oklahoma to Chicago. And my mind, and I wasn't a believer, was way over here. It was like that. Now that's a question. Keep that one up there. But my mind was here. It was out of line. It was not even lined up with God. The enemy had a stronghold in my life. And so I'm driving down the road in a new car, lots of money in my pocket, 
but totally in another, my mind was in another mind state. And so the policeman, I, I saw the lights in the back of the car, there was a policeman. My mind went straight to, okay, oh, I was scared of what I was thinking. This is the thing I still remember today because it made me, it reminded me, I don't ever want to go back there. So I tried so hard, Lord, keep me right there. Because if I go there, I'm unpredictable. And you're unpredictable. Because then a stronghold has established in my life and the enemy is speaking and he says, okay, now, if anything goes wrong, he's got a gun. You can take it and shoot him and kill him and drive off and no one would know what would happen. That is so, for now, I'm going to take someone's life, take his gun and shoot him? Yeah, that would have been nothing at that time. So God tells me, don't ever go back there. Don't even allow yourself to get close to that because that's your potential. And that's the potential of a believer. If our minds, our, our, our emotions, our ability to make the, uh, end up in that vulnerable position, then we are unpredictable. And I have been there as a Christian, a new Christian. Because when you first become a Christian, there's some work to do in our lives. And again, coming out of Vietnam, the guy said, that the enemy was saying, okay, this guy, he took the life of your father. That was heavy. Now, this is what you can do to him to get revenge. My mind went there. I'm a believer, a new believer. My mind went there. I even had a picture of how I was going to, what I was going to do to this person. It was, an, it was a one-punch hit that killed my father, but I blamed him. And I was going to, I had it in my mind, what I was going to do to this person. I was, I was like that. I was like that. I'm a Christian, but my mindset was way out of line to cause me to want to do something that was so crazy. Now look back at it, so crazy. But I never want to go back to that. I don't ever want to end up like that because I know the potential of the human mind. I know that potential. So God says he wants to separate us, spirit, soul, and body. So when the enemy, our mind is in that state, my goodness, that's where the enemy becomes active. He distracts to keep you distracted so that God, you can't hear God. You, I, I'm trying to say, I, I've been here. I ignored my conscience. I knew it was wrong to think that way, but it was such a powerful place. I had no control of getting back at that time. But then I made a decision with my will. My will. My decision making. The Lord, I'm not going to go back there. I am never going to go to that place. I'm going to make sure I stay so much aligned with God that I will never, ever end up in that mind state to think that way. 
I made a decision with my will. Now, when I go reading such, such uh, looking at things that scientists are saying, and these are very intelligent people, they're saying the will does not exist. It doesn't exist. Because if we don't know that the will is there, we can't make decisions about whether we accept Christ or not accept Christ. We can't make decisions. If that will wasn't there, I could not have made the decision that I'm never going to get in that mind state again. I never would have been able to make the decision, Lord, I don't ever help me stay sanctified, separated, spirit, soul, and body. Then I ask myself, and this is really what drives me. Man, there's so many, there's so many people out there in that world. This is where they're at. They are, they're vulnerable. The mindset is so out of line. The world is now in future shock. It's in crisis. It's out of control. The professional people who help people, they can't fix it. It's broken all over the world. So who can fix it? God, with you and me. Me, you, and God. We can fix it. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater. We have the capacity to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What we carry are weapons that are not made up of this world. They have divine power to tear down every stronghold the enemy can pull together. We carry that. Because Jesus said, if I go away to the Father, I am going to send him back. I am going to send him. I'm going to send the comforter. I am going to send the helper. I'm going to send the counselor to you and to me. But the enemy is saying, if I can just get them distracted, if I can move them away from uh, being aligned with God, then I have them. I have a stronghold. I can, uh, they are vulnerable and I know it. I can cause them to think on everything that is not of God, outside of God, and they're going to get sick. I can kill them because that's my job, to come to kill, steal, and destroy. I got them. If he gets a stronghold, if I remain in this vulnerable position, and God is saying, wait, what do I carry? What do you carry? We carry, the, we carry the capacity to do far more than we can ever think or imagine according to what he's placed within us. Wow. I've seen it for a couple of decades now. So what is God saying? He's saying, church, align with me. Align with me. Back up. See what the enemy is doing. 
See how he is trying to distract. Hear what he's Understand that everything, every lie the enemy says to you and to me, it is a lie designed to kill us. To kill us spiritually and to kill our physical body. Drugs, alcohol, other addictions that's not good for us. He's got so many ways that he can kill us distract us to stay in a vulnerable mindset. God is here. I know, I mean, if there was one person, if if there's one person, a thousand people in this room, I know that God is speaking. I can look at you, I see your bodies. I can't see your souls, and I can't see your spirit. But according to his word, I know God is speaking. In John 6, 44, he says that if I be lifted up, if Jesus be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. Paul in the book of Corinthians, I believe it is, he says this, some will water, sorry, some will plant, some will water but God will give the increase. I just know that this word is from God. I just know that he is speaking, whether we are believers or not, he is speaking. I just know that because that's what his word says. And what I do know is that God wants us to align with him. Graham, can you come up, please? I just know that God wants to sanctify us as believers. God wants to cause us to, he wants to separate us. Separate us. Because there's so much to do in this chaotic, confused world. I just know that God wants us to examine our lives, to look at what's distracting us, to look at our lives and say, what are the strongholds in our lives? If I didn't identify the strongholds, I would not be here today. I'd probably be in prison or dead or someplace like that. But I made a decision with my will. I don't ever want to end up there. Never. It's a terrible place. I know God is saying, don't be there. He wants to sanctify you, spirit, soul, and body. Identify the strongholds, the things that keeps you away from aligning with him. Identify them. Because his aim is to keep us there so that we not only are not able to do God's will. But we become vulnerable even to death. Let's move away from that. And know what you carry as a believer. You carry the same thing as I carry. You carry the ability to 
Help people be free of demons. Some of you have healing hands. Some of you have a word of knowledge. Know what you carry. I know that's what God is saying this morning. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, I know he is. I know he, he did, he's done everything he can to die on a cross so that we don't have to go to an eternal place where he is not, where God isn't. Stopping us today from using our will to make a decision, open that door to let God in. Accept that decision. Stopping believers in lives to make a decision. Lord, I surrender this stronghold to you. I want you. I want to sanctify. I want to fulfill my purpose and my destiny in God. What I would like you to do, this is between you and God. I want you to identify what's strong. Just between you and God. And if there's anyone here who is not allowing God to open, not opening the door because God is knocking, he is knocking, he's knocking. I want you to think about opening that door to let God in. And then for those believers who carry, you care, everyone carries this. You carry the comforter. Because God said he was going to send it to us, and he lives in us. Some of you have healing gifts. You carry something. So as we close our eyes, I want those who, who have identified strongholds, take it to God. Make a decision to surrender those strongholds to God. As you close your eyes now. Take it to God. If you're not a believer, God is knocking on that door. Let him in. And for those of you who have feel a sense of praying, just remember God has given you gifts and abilities to do the will of the Father. So just out loud, every person can pray. If you want to pray to that God in, pray that prayer. Lord, you've been knocking at my door. I open it. I allow you to come in. I believe that Jesus Christ died. I believe that he paid the penalty. And I accept you into my spirit. Just pray that prayer. It's between you and God. And if you are identifying your stronghold, take it to God. Lord, I don't want to be in this place. I know that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And if I stay in that place, allowing these strongholds to exist, 
I know in some way in my life the enemy can come and kill and steal and destroy. Make a decision. Make a decision. And for those of us who believe us, just know we carry something. We carry something so powerful. So you just pray that prayer. Pray for the, for the things we just spoke about. Pray for the person that's, that they'll open that door and allow God to come in. Pray for those who are identifying strongholds so they can move from that vulnerable place. Pray for them. You can pray openly. You can pray in your head. You can pray with your voice. Just pray. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.